I am unashamed. What about you? So we're back, unashamed podcast, and uh, we're in the, the book of Mark. It was it was really. I walked outside this morning is for the first time this year. I mean, I guess going back to first time since the summer, crisp and cool. I mean, I mean, it was forty degrees. I know. What I found fascinating is I don't. I'm not a weatherman, and I don't think anybody else is either. Dad, you consider yourself a bit of a. I was pausing for effect. <laughs> Even weathermen are not weathermen. They just said they were a weatherman. But most of the times when I've seen this drastic change in temperature, because just a couple of days ago, it was over 90 degrees. That's right. Yep. I mean, I was in a cutover, just sweating. Long story what I was doing there. But, and then two days later, you spent a lot. Of, you spend a lot of time in cutovers, Jazz? I have been known to. <laughs> I tell you what, watch where you step. <laughs> So then it goes to 40, but what I found fascinating was there was no rain in between. Usually when it goes from 90 to 40 in a couple of days, there's a big rainstorm, zero rain. I went to bed last night. It was 65, 70 degrees. About the same thing. I woke up this morning. It was 40 and windy. See, the weather channel, if you listen to them, they don't like what they just saw. No. This temperature drop in October, they got to looking back the last time this thing got, you know, they said in the morning it's going to be 31 degrees. Oh, it's, it's, well, 31. And Phil had an interesting that, that point. That does not fit the narrative they've been on. They said, wait a minute, this is going to break records all up the United States. It's going to break all these records on on how cold it can get. Yeah. They don't like that. Well, it was warm. See, it everything was, is goes, supposed to be heating up. It goes against the warming. Well, yeah. but it was hotter than normal the past three or four months. But you had an interesting point before you got here. We were we were wondering if we were just going to start this without you. Bill <laughs> said the Chick-fil-A that line was he long, said he say. remembered seeing an article one time when he was. Uh, I mean, he went back. 50 years. In the so. 60s, late yeah, 60s. Late 60s. Phil said, I remember reading an article that an ice age was imminent. It was yeah. the it was the cover yeah. of Time magazine. Well, and oh, uh, yeah. our man behind the glass here, the invisible glass, <laughs> he found it and, and pulled it up there for us to see. So you saw I mean, that cover? Oh, well, it was in big red letters. <laughs> ice age. Eminent. Eminent experts. <laughs> I remembered it, and I don't remember that well, but I remembered that it said eminent, meaning, and and uh, there were people on the news and stuff saying, you know, you, you must learn how to build igloos because that's going to be the <laughs> only People way started it. building igloos. Can you imagine all the clothing <sighs> was flying off the shelves and people were getting warm boots? Because that's what we do. There was right. the current people who, the scientists, their children – had the thing burning up. I mean, had it uh, locking up for ice. It's, it's ice age. New ice age. And this is going to be with us for years and years. Well, their siblings are saying, 
this thing is fixing to burn up. <laughs> I mean, in a 40-year period, I mean, it went from we're all going to freeze to death to we're all going to burn our butts off. <laughs> and I said, you know. The, the polar uh, ice caps are melting. Oh, we're all going to flood. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. It's, it just flip-flops yeah. in a 30-year period. 30, There's some verses years. about focusing on the creation rather than the creator. <laughs> there are. And I think that's it, because people, you know, we'll get, we'll, there'll be every once in a while we'll, when we talk about stuff like this, somebody will send a thing and say, well, y'all just, I mean, these things are scientific, and y'all are just acting like it's not that big of a deal. And we're like, no, it's it's just that when you trust a creator, weather changes, weather patterns change, it's cold for, I mean, when you look back, I mean, there's been times where it was frozen. And really, yeah. they're trying to come up with ways that they can, uh at least they're claiming it now that they can do things to make the weather better. All to do, all that's, takes a, is that's, more, a, that's a major task that I have not seen. All that it takes work. is more money, Dad. Yeah. We need more money. I think they yeah. say now if you plant, I think it was a, was it three million, maybe a three billion. I, I don't remember if it was a billion or a million. They, but somebody said you, if we planted that many trees, that it would, it would cool down. Oh yeah, so and, and it may be true. I mean, I, like, I'm, I'm well, all for can't trees. Fault me because I've planted many <laughs> thousands of trees. I'll well, show you the Dad, trees. You, you were green before green was was cool. That was Plant trees. I've been planting them, you know, for the last thirty years. I've planted a lot of trees. <laughs> Well, I mean, you can't read the Bible without believing. Boy, I was glad to see it. That's why I looked up yesterday, and they said they said it's going to be 31 degrees. I said, boy, if I hadn't planted them trees, they don't tell me what it'd be. <laughs> you can't read the Bible without having to believe in global warming, though. Yeah, because there, there, it is coming. Yeah. I mean, so if it's, it's a been sign, predicted. okay, you wanted your sign, there it is. I mean, now read, read, read the Bible and make necessary. Uh, Pre preparation. Yeah, I mean, well, that it really is. I, I just think believers have a different take. And look, I mean, you said it. I'm all about conservation. We have land. Yep. You work it. We we you've cared for. We've cared for it. We we planted trees. We we love habitat. We love wildlife. I mean, we love fisheries. I mean, I, I'm all for it. I'm for clean rivers. I, I oh. hate pollution. I mean, so I mean, I, I feel like I'm, we're on the same page. It's just that we believe in a creator, and apparently these people think. When I was fishing it. 25 years ago, 30, out there on the river fishing for a living, I had to fish around all that uh, stuff. They were the paper mill was just dumping that old black water into the river. Yeah. Well, when they would do that, they would do it periodically. They'd wait, you know, once a month or whatever. They had opened the valves, and here comes all that old black sinking water. Remember how it oh, yeah, it's terrible. You could smell that paper mill right. from right here, 20 miles away. Right. I got bad news. It wasn't a million, and it wasn't a billion. One trillion oh, trees yeah, we got, need to be planted we got a lot of work to, do. to reduce climate change, which is the equivalent of 640 trees per person on the planet. <laughs> Well, that's a lofty go. Oh, this really <laughs> went off the rails into depression. No wonder everybody's angry and blowing their horn. Every person on the planet has to grow 640 trees. Bill, no, no. you're good. You're good. You're good. 
And you actually made up for mine and Al's. <laughs> yep. Well, I've done a lot of fast-growing trees. My <laughs> two chosen trees, you know, they got the fast-growing up. We have that yeah, sponsor. The sponsor, yeah. And, uh, and, and the, the two fastest-growing ones that we have uh, that we planted are willow and cypress, ball cypress. Ball cypress be, used to be way more cypress trees, and they used it for so many functions they cut a lot they, of they, they 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 raped and pillaged cypress trees a lot of times they just bulldoze them up and just smooth out the land where they could farm it you know but i'm not knocking the farmers i'm just saying you know a lot of trees bit the dust when the we decided to you know just just i mean just obliterate hundreds of I thousands i do find it interesting that most of the the thought process of these movements that come along, come out of big cities, think tanks, you know, yeah. groups of people. But the people that actually live out where you can actually do something about it seem to be pretty conservation-minded. You know, when you're in a you're in a high-rise, surrounded by more high-rises, you know what happened for that city to get there? Somebody cut a lot of trees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, this... Uh, so I'm, what I'm saying is, you know, it's it's, it's interesting who really kind of does the heavy lifting. Yeah, a water elm does not get that big, but uh, we've I've seen whole blocks out there when we began to flood it certain areas for duck ducks that uh, button willow it, they go berserk. Button willows it, it's a uh, it's not more than a tall bush, and. Uh, it's loaded with little seeds, you know, but button willows, they they will take over the place so fast it'll make your head swim. And water elm, what used to be like hardwood, died off where the water was a lot of water a lot of times. Duck hunters getting water over and, you know, flooding woods. But uh, the old water elm and the button willow, I've seen the landscape just change over. Yep. But uh, we do all our planning on behalf of our faith in the Almighty, you know, if you if you bush hog a piece of landscape, you 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 do it in August, and it kills the coffee beans and undesirables, but all the duck food plants, you know, you know, uh, the smart weed, weed yep. sprangle top, all these duck feeds that, that they love to eat. Oh, the Almighty put them out there, you know, and. And I mean, it, he just, it, but you got a bush argument in August, the button willows won't come, I mean, the button willows won't come back as fast. All these plants, undesirables, they won't come out there. Coffee beans, things ducks don't eat, they won't be there. It'll be a food supply from the Almighty. He does the best planting job than going by and seed and us planting it. Right. He does a way better job. Just let him, let him work. Well, you know, we talked about that. Remember, it was a parable. Was it a parable that? Or just when Jesus made an observation that, you know, you go out and you put the seed in the ground, and then you go get in the bed. The, no, we just went through that. Yeah, the, like, you don't you don't realize what's happening. I mean, he made a point about that. Yeah, that that you're taking for granted, and so are the. I mean, I'm just. If you want some entertainment, go read these message boards on about. I mean, what I got into here, it's hilarious because people have different different opinions. Because they're like, no, I think if we did $8 billion a year for 20 years, now that wouldn't solve the problem, but at least it would be a step in the right direction. I thought to myself, that's a giant step. <laughs> cause then, but then somebody said, but what about the trees that are already here? Well, you got to protect all them too. Yeah, because well, you, you know, lose one. After a while, 
This this is going to be what you're asking to do. And look, people, this is a religion to people. Oh, yeah. I mean, I get it. I like your line from your speech. uh, Trees aren't to be hugged. People are. (laughs) Exactly. Trees don't need hugs. (laughs) I mean, they, you know, they are valuable and and we we need them and we use them. But you're, you're trying to, when you don't have a focus on the creator, you're coming up with different strategies and ways to extend this earth. And it's just not. It it seems kind of silly if you step. Well, back. we just went through this with the pandemic too. It's interesting when people talk about science because it's almost like, well, this is we said this, so therefore this is science now. This is everything is based off of this. But then we know that in science, you're supposed to like challenge theories constantly and mm-hmm. continue to see if the theory is true. And to your point, that sixty years ago, it was an ice age. Yeah, and a very interesting little text. When everybody says, you know, where's this Jesus? Y'all, you know, everything that goes on like it always had. You actually think y'all are standing around and and doing these studies in the Bible, and you actually believe there's a Jesus coming back? You know what what the cosmos, you know, referred to? What's by this same word, these people forget the earth was formed out of water and with water. Our, our our scientists today say no, not not true, so they don't believe that. By water, also the world at that time was deluged and destroyed. They said nope, Noah's Ark, Noah's all that stuff. Nope. The, that didn't happen. But watch how this is worded. By the same word, the present heavens that would be the ones we're living under right now, and earth. Here's where it reads: are reserved for fire. It's not like they're sitting there and are they going to escape. They said they're reserved for fire. There won't be water next time. Yep. It'll be fire. Well, to Jason's there's point, a lot of scientists who have studied it, hot. and they do believe there was a flood. <laughs> it's going to get hot one day. I mean, there's no doubt that's coming. Yep. I think the sound of that right there, reserved for fire, That that's, that's, that's what these people are hollering about. They said, that's, if we don't... And, and the Bible says you're not going to be able to stop it. It's reserved for fire, and it's going to burn up. That's why I think spirit- all the elements will melt in the heat. I mean, you know, so look, you better look at what kind of people we should be. <laughs> well, I think spiritually you better be prepared more than anything, more than a tree and trees. Let's, uh, let's That's take a- Second Peter, by the way. Read the last chapter in Second last Peter. Last chapter in Second Peter. Let's take a break. So, Dad, what is your favorite room in your house? Kitchen where all the grub comes comes to bear. Exactly, Jace. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say the most important room in my house is the kitchen because that's where the food gets okay. cooked. Okay, uh, good point. Uh, one of our new sponsors, which we're excited about, is Cabinets to Go dot com. The kitchen is really the heart of the home, and it has been our home. Mom talked about this in our last appearance, that she's loved to cook, and that's kind of always drawn us together. It's also a great way to show hospitality to other people. So uh, cabinets2go.com, they've been on HGTV's Dream Home, uh, and they have these the one-stop renovation destination is what they call themselves, so it's really good. But I want you to check these guys out. Uh, no one beats their prices. They have a transferable limited lifetime warranty. So right now you can get a full custom 3D design of your new kitchen at cabinets2go.com slash fill. So that's free custom 3D design of your new wow kitchen at cabinets2go.com. 
com slash Phil. Check them out. Now that passage you were referring to was what we studied earlier. Mark 4, 26, when he said the kingdom, what is the kingdom like? A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. We still haven't figured that out. No. Besides a creator with intellect. Right. The pro- you're right. The process, they talk about duplicating a lot of stuff, you know, science, but the process can't, they can't figure that one out. I mean, it's um, without a creator, without a, with a designer, it's, it's hard to figure that one out. You know, we didn't come up it's with that. It's an amazing thing when we put seed on the ground over there and you wait and you've had the fertilizer and it'll be a little shower. In three or four days, you look, and what you planted, which was so small, I mean, you look at it, and it just goes to half of where you stop planting it. But like all those food plots for deer and all of the stone them plant, you just look up, and it's the prettiest thing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They just burst out of the earth. I mean, it's. <clears throat> I, I look at little old seedlings that come out of the ground, little bitty cypress seeded planted itself and I'm looking at them and I said boy there's cypress trees coming up out here well, well you go by there the next year about a year and you look mm-hmm. and they're about eight inches to a foot tall I'm like and they're a slow growing tree you know relatively speaking right but I've got cypress trees now that are stop a four wheeler in their tracks <laughs> I mean I planted them but when I'm looking at them I'm like good night and I, I characterize it as raw power yeah see just come start coming out of the ground into whatever it's going to make and i mean there's no stopping if you just get back out of the way leave it alone it grows day and night and i mean vines try to stop it and the thickets try to crowd it out but it just keeps coming through and ends up majestic beautiful cypress trees so your great great grandchildren long after we're all you know waiting to for the lord to come back they'll go by there and it's just the Big, beautiful cypress. Moss Lake, when we were up in Washita, I got in the rig with them fellow duck hunters, and we all went tearing off down through the woods and got out there. And we got to this little lake, and everybody looked around and said, you know, you know, we need to put a blind in here somewhere, you know. There were some old boars over in the bushes, over in the button willows over there, and I was the one who said, see that cypress tree right down there? I said, it's on the edge of them button willows, on the edge of the hole. I said, that's probably, I guessed at it, but I was pretty close, a 1,000-year-old cypress. It wasn't 200 years old. This thing was massive, huge thing. And it's still there, by the way. Well, the feds burn it after we left. That was one of the, I called, we had our duck blind in that, up in that tree, about 15, 18 feet above the water. So we hunted there for about six, seven years. But it was an old cypress tree. They went out there, the government did, when they bought it. The first thing they did, they looked at that duck blind. They burned it to the water line. Burn it down. That old tree. The guy that burned it said it liked to burn him up because he, he lit it when he was up in the blind. He lit it. But it was hollow. So when that 
it just like a furnace. And he had to bail out, <laughs> jump out in Moss Lake there to or keep from burning up. That's right. Well, it's that was probably his penance for burning that tree. Yeah. It'd been a lot better just to tear that blind out, I would think. I saw that stump after they burned that tree where we had been up in it. A thousand-year-old cypress tree. Jason and I were kids. Yeah. That was where we yeah. first stuck in. And when they burned that, I cried. Yep. I'd looked at that old blind all them time we'd been up in there, you know. It was a passing, in my opinion, it was the passing of an era. Yep. And like you said, even the just destruction of it and the when you didn't have to. Human beings. Yeah, that was the government. Yeah. I mean, that's the same one said we need a trillion trees. Well, we burned down a thousand-year-old one. Oh, yeah. No, it was sad. Yeah, that was a lot of history. Stump is still there to this day. Yeah. It's still sitting there. You could probably go right to it. Oh, I could lead you right to it, go out there and show it to you. Yep. I mean, when they burned it, I went out there and looked. You hadn't been up there in 30 years. I could take it to it, and the stump will still be there. That's how stout these things are. I yeah. mean, just the stump. That's been 25, 30 years ago, but that stump is still here. Hmm. It's pretty amazing. It takes a long time for one of them cypress trees to disappear. A long time. It does. Well, um, to get us back to Mark, we um, I thought about this, Jace, with the, we were talking about the creation and the creator. There was a Jesus right in the middle of all this that we've been studying. He When he walked on water, I always felt like that was kind of one of those little scenes that he gives them where he's in control of nature and everything else. Because you look back through the course of the Bible and you see that God has always been able to use nature for a lot of different reasons and purposes. Mm -hmm. And so he calmed that storm right in the midst of all this other. It's probably just another way of showing them that he was in charge, even though they had a hard time grabbing it. And right after that is when we got into this seven, March 7, which has led us into this idea of, what's clean and unclean. And, and it's almost like it's taken, you know, we were talking before we started rolling today about repetition. And that's really kind of what this whole section is about. When you say Jace, it's like repetition. It's like, that's why we had the double feeding stories in here. Cause they're trying to, he, he's trying to get a point across. Well, mainly to his disciples, they're just not getting it. Right. I mean, you know, we had fast forwarded through chapter eight. Cause I think it, helped us understand why he was doing some of these things. But, I mean, he he basically interrogates his disciples in verse 17 of chapter 8 when he says, why, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you, do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves and all the, you know, extra that you you picked up? So, you know, he had just warned them right before that to not have the yeast of the Pharisees. And so in chapter seven, you have this example where he's confronted because the disciples didn't wash their hands. And it wasn't we went through that yep. in detail. It wasn't just a, that was a big thing. There, there was, oh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the old wash your hands for 20 seconds during COVID. There were rules and books and books and books on how you were. Not only did he take that on, but then he basically makes a proclamation that would have blown everybody's mind. It was a watershed moment because he says all food is clean. Yep. And yeah. this was a huge paradigm shift for these people. I mean, that's, you know, that. They, and I think his underlying point was saying that all people also 
That's can right. be clean. Right. And, and and so that's why I think that led to him going to where the Greeks hang out in this tire that we talked about last time when he he left there and he is approached by this woman who was a Greek. She was born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus. And when you read Matthew 15's version, you know, we didn't bring up a couple points here, but Jesus actually ignored her at first. Right. And we talked about this as being offendable. I mean, he and the disciples were like, you want us to get rid of her? Yeah, she's, she's getting on but her nerves. When you start thinking about this, she was offended or should have been in every possible way. Jesus ignored her. Jesus is close as followers to put this in a practical way. I mean, this is like the preacher ignoring you, the church saying you you don't belong. You don't belong. <laughs> Some people just don't belong. Then she's called a dog, and we talked about that, pet dog or not, puppy or not. Oh, so much. <laughs> The technical I, issue. I never heard that no. particular. <laughs> it's, it's getting close to what well, we just had Halloween, maybe. Yeah. You know what's interesting about while we're on the trees? No, we're left the trees. <laughs> yeah, that's the way. I, I just want to bring out this point. I mean, it started out you had the the tree of life. I mean, and and first before you get to the tree of life, you start out with a tree that you are not to eat from at all. That's true. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that that we are called, God's people, the kingdom of God, we're called, they have the right to the tree of life. Yeah. This tree of life, tree of life, it, it bears fruit year round. And you even see the restoration idea of it in Revelation. We're, compa we're, we're well, said to be Galatians. a tree. And it all started with a tree that you don't want to touch. It's just interesting. Well, I think yeah. we're the branches, you know, is what Jesus said, John 15. But he yeah. also, you know, the Galatians passage says, cursed is everyone hung on a tree. He was hung on a dead tree so that yeah. we could live. Yeah. Yeah. Which is all interesting. Point. Hang on, let's take a break. So as you get older, uh, one of the things that we've noticed is it's the little things that you enjoy. And, um, one of the things that I enjoy is a good set of sheets, Jay's soft, comfortable sheets to give me a good night's sleep. And uh, one of our sponsors, uh, who's who's been with us a very long time, and and I was using at least I were using this product before they sponsored our podcast. They're called Bowl and Branch, and just you know a typical Americana startup business come up with a great idea, find uh, the most luxurious. Um, cotton and get the greatest threads on earth and then make great sheets and that's what they do and they last a long time the longer you use them uh, the better they get uh, which you can't say that about many products um, they're 100 organic cotton uh, no toxins or pesticides or any kind of harsh chemicals when they make it and so they've got designs and colors for every bedroom style and every mattress size they also have a 30 night worry-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all orders. So their signature sheets come wrapped and ready in a beautiful holiday gift box. Your gifts will look as special as they feel. Great thing to give during the holiday season. So bring home a better night's sleep this holiday season with bowl and branch bedding. For a limited time, get 20% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use the promo code ROBERTSON 
at bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch, bowlandbranch.com. Use the promo code Robertson. So back to this woman. So she's, I mean, the whole thing, and I think when you look at our culture, we're living in a culture where everyone is offended at the drop of a hat. And I don't know any other way to make sense of this other than I had brought up the point that she wasn't offended because the love of her daughter made her unoffendable. And you remember I talked about, yep. you know, experiencing that. And so I just think this this is in here for a reason. But I think Jesus clearly portrayed that you're you're going to have to get over insults and being ignored and name calling. Yeah. I mean, just th- this was part of it. And because his timing of this was when he said that even the dogs, I mean, uh, when he said, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dog. Well, Matthew 15, he kind of clarifies that in, in 24. He says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. And the woman came and knelt before him. This is Matthew 15, 25. Lord, help me, she said. And he's like, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord. You notice how she keeps referring to him as Lord three from, different times. From in, her knees. In Matthew 15. Yeah. Is the first, I mean, Lord, Lord, Lord. And on the third time when she said, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. I mean, this is a powerful story. And the reason we're revisiting it is because you got to realize that that if you're going to try to go on your credentials or your leverage or your good deeds or your justification to have salvation, you're never going to make it. Right. Or your background, whatever you tie it to. You know, I, I've traditional, the, the tradition. Exactly. Their background, they, they try to bring, just swing this in the motion. Can't do it. Well, remember, for mm-hmm. 2,000 years, the mindset was you were born in a certain tribe that gave you a certain amount of authority, the right. certain rights, whatever. That's right. And so they saw it almost as, you're right, I, I, I deserve this. That's right. And and the, and stories like this, to, to use our tree analogy, I think Jesus is planting seeds in the hearts of his future followers as they take it on their own that, look, this is for everybody. I mean, ultimately, this That's is right. for everybody. So it was interesting that Jesus held his ground first, Jace, because he did come for Israel first. I mean, he, he was the Messiah of Israel. And so he starts out, you know, by just ignoring her. But then well, I'm just saying, her faith breaks through. I mean, you know. Ignore your wife, what happens? I mean, then he called her woman at the end. I mean, it's like every possible thing. He didn't use her name. or right. It's like every way, but she was unoffendable, which is the point we brought up because of her love and desperation for her daughter. And that, that, that's what I wanted to bring up is that even though love is not mentioned, you know, there's a lot about faith here being being acquired. You know, love God is love. And that was that was uh I think an undercurrent to what was going on here. He was showing the love of God 
to all people, mm-hmm. no matter where they where they're from, what their condition was. And so you fast forward it because you think, you know, when he chose them and gave them these miraculous powers, that didn't translate into them understanding who he was. Right. They were and, uh, excluded from citizenship in Israel, which is where this woman was too, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you have, you who were once far away, if you weren't a Jew, have been brought near through the blood of Christ. He himself is our peace. He's made the two one. This, this, what the argument was with this woman and between her and the Jewish hierarchy had has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. This is for us, the Jews said, and the Gentiles, they're out. But Jesus came, he abolished in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself, Jew or Gentile, one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. It's a pretty interesting read. That's Ephesians chapter 2, but that's how the two were brought together. But you see the trouble that caused with a woman like that. Right. She wasn't one of them. That's right. All right. And I think that's what I was going to bring up in 1 Corinthians 13, you know, Probably the second or third most known passage in the Bible. They had it. You, you could. They would. You would never be one of us. Right. It says, "If I speak in tongues of men and and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and have a faith that can move yep. mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing." If I give all I possess to the poor, which, you know, we're going to get to the rich young ruler here in a couple of chapters and surrender my body to the flames, which these all these men would would die. But it says, but have not love. I, I gain nothing. You know, and then he he defines what love is. Well, he's showing these qualities in his life because they were like, hey, you want us to get rid of her since he was not paying attention they're like, oh, let us come in and be your, you know, your henchman. Your, yeah, your henchman. And let's she get was not the, part of the intelligentsia. No. Well, she wasn't. She had absolutely zero credentials. And it's a pattern that you keep seeing. Even that I thought about uh, when you fast forward to the to the end of the book, which we will get there. Do you know that the only group of disciples that saw him die, be buried, and be raised was a little tiny group of women. That's right. That saw all three. That's right. And so when you think about, you think, well, what, what, why is that significant? Well, it's significant because if you were just trying to make up a story, they didn't even have any credibility they couldn't, or they, credentials they or couldn't, couldn't be a witness. They couldn't give testimony. That's right. So why, if you were trying to trick somebody, you, you, you wouldn't pick the group of women to be the only ones that witnessed each part of that, what we refer to as the gospel. 
And so I found that significant, but I also find it incredible that it, it just shows you that God views everyone as equally important. And, and that's, you know, the reason he told, uh, when you look at the burial of Jesus, we had two men, uh, Joseph of Arimathea and uh, Nicodemus. Nicodemus. Well, that men didn't do that because that was a servant or a woman's job. Right. So here are these guys. Now they come in there and do something very humbling, and and, and the only reason for it was an act of love. Right? It was kind That's of right. a tender thing. I don't know. That just kind of hit me when I thought about that. It's Jesus changes the narrative on who seems to be important and the best. That's why, you know, a chapter from now when they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest, well, they're missing this. They're missing it because like all people do, if you have the, if God uses the spirit to do wonderful things and mighty things, and all of a sudden you start saying, Oh, well, I'm, I must be something. <laughs> that must be a big deal. It, that, that's what and naturally was and spiritually. Womanhood, women in general. Mm. They were being persecuted from the time they came out of the womb. Exactly. They were females. Yep. And then this is a story of one. All these people that's hollering about women's rights and all that, they need to read their Bible. Well, exactly. See. There's never been a more a champion for women than Jesus. And, and basically correct. what I just laid out. Let's that is correct. Let's take a break. So one of the things I hear the most uh, about our podcast is that uh, they love the fact that we're so strong in what we believe and we're willing to talk about it. You know, a lot of people, unfortunately, when it comes to faith and faith issues are, are fearful uh, in this current culture, but we're not. That's why we're called unashamed. Another group that uh, is, is like us is a group called Covenant Eyes. They've been around for over 22 years. Uh, I was aware of them back when I was doing full-time ministry, doing a lot of Promise Keeper stuff. Uh, and they're, what they do is they're, they're courageously helping people get away from pornography, uh, especially in relationship to the Internet. Uh, we know it's a scourge. Uh, the, the Bible talks a lot about the dangers of lust, what it does to a, not only your own mind, but your family, your wife, your kids, everything. So it's very important uh, to, to get away from this. And I know a lot of people struggle with it. If you go to CubEyes.com slash Phil, they're going to give you a free 30-day trial when you sign up using the promo code Phil. So nothing to lose, but much to gain. That's CovEyes, dot com slash Phil, free 30-day trial, and, and really will help you a lot uh, to get past this pornography. But it also Which, that's showed, why the widow thing is such a big deal because there was nobody to take care of. If if you wind up a widow without a child, mainly a son, yeah, to take care of you, you're hosed. Oh, there, there's no little the home for the widows. They were right. grossly mistreated. Yeah. But I need. I thought we needed to go down that road just because this next story is so. I think difficult to say what now. What is going? What this is not a there's zero sermons I could find about this paragraph, <laughs> but I'll read it. Yeah, read it. It I says to get into in 31 it. of Mark 7, where we're at. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. So he's still now, in Greek territory, by the way. But if you do a map, because I looked at it. 
what in the world? This seems like a detour. Right. Uh, and, and once again, kind of like I just used the women as an illustration at, that only saw death, burial, and resurrection. This, this, this just doesn't, from a geographical standpoint, and what since we know how this started and how it ends, I mean, you can take a look at it in yourself for yourself if you want to get into it. Just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense on why he's going down here. And, and, and by the way, before you leave that thought, Jay's, that Mark, unlike the other gospel writers, seems to regionalize this ministry mm-hmm. more than the rest. Like he gives us these little factoids about it. And you're right. A lot of it doesn't make any sense. So we hadn't even talked about Jerusalem and, and Judea yet. That's going to be at the end of the thing, but he's he's yeah. Once he makes here. the turn to Jerusalem, then all of a sudden you also see that he starts taking more time to teach the disciples because right. we all know where that's going to lead. That was a terrific. Women just were not getting there. They were so mistreated. They were not being. They were always below the man. Right. They, you yeah. Read this stories culture. like this, and you say, "Hmm." But you know, we, but he's elevating. Well, I think it goes back to a point I was going to make about Nicodemus. I mean, here you see a guy showing courage because he's putting his reputation on the line when he went to the burial of Jesus and to do something so serving. But you got to remember what did what did Jesus tell him in John three? He's like, "You got to be born again." Yep. But by saying that. He basically put all humans, including him. Here's a guy who's got plenty of money. Nicodemus, he got plenty of money. He has a great reputation. He's popular. And Jesus is putting him on the same level with everybody. you got to be born again. I mean, you, you just seem like Nicodemus should have said, I mean, well, can I come back maybe as a teenager since I'm so accomplished? I mean, to start completely over was was just taking all his credentials and flushing them down a down a porta potty it, right. it, it was it had to be but now what I'm saying is you fast forward to the end and I believe he got it because he was showing an act of love and humility in in wrapping Jesus's body with rank, spices. rank judgmental uh, judgmentalism on it but <clears throat> if y'all look, I mean, the same thing they were wrestling with back then, the ethnicity of, of a human being, that whole lot against you. I mean, color, that whole lot against you. I mean, you know, I mean. Well, they ain't much changed. Oh, not at all. Yeah. I mean. I mean well, let me let me finish reading I this. mean, it, what sex you are. That was a bad one. I yeah. mean, it's a struggle right here. We're reading about it the whole, whole way, you know. And it still is. That's right. Yeah. So, in, so in 32, it says there's there some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged him to place his hand on the man. And probably, you know, we've met. And we've even had some, you know, in our family that if you, you can't hear, it's hard to talk. So he could talk, but he couldn't be understood because if you can't hear, you can't hear yourself talk. So I think that's the image of what he's he's portraying yeah, there. We've heard deaf people, that, especially if they spoke before, so obviously they, they hear enough to be able to speak. But you're right. Once you can't hear it, then you it's almost mm-hmm. like you're, you can't. You can't remember anymore. How to and, and the reason, by the way, that I brought up this idea of love uh, from 1 Corinthians 13, because Jesus is better than miracles. Love is better than miracles. And he's going to explain that in 1 Corinthians 13. Now, a lot of people in the church, when they hear that, they take back and say, what? But it's true. 
And even here you see this act of love. I mean, with the woman and the daughter, I mean, she was unoffendable because she loved her daughter and, and she thought Jesus was her best chance. And she had done the research or whatever, however she got the information, she came to a conclusion that he was Lord. And she seems to be the first person at this stage who has got it. And it would be the last person you thought of. Right. Well, here you see a bunch of people reminding you of the of the guys who opened the hatch of the roof and yep. lowered their hole in the roof gang. Yep. Well, why are they doing that? Because they love their friend. I mean, it, you're seeing an act of love and and faith, but don't discount what the motivation here. And I think that's why Jesus is taking notice. Is what and I'm that's a good at. point, Jace, because it's not only sometimes the faith of a person; it's the faith of the friends of a person. Well, and the, and the love as a result of that. How many know? people have led people to Jesus just because they loved a person so much they didn't give up? Dad, you're a perfect example of that, yep. right? Yeah. So hang on, let's take a break. All right. So in 33, after he took him aside away from the crowd, I'm not sure why he did that other than maybe this continued theme of, you know, because if you see this. Well, I think he was avoiding know. the we're fixing to have a miracle thing here for the next exactly. eight hours. Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Now, there's just huge amounts of debates. And I read all the commentaries for you, too. Some people think it was just he was doing sign language. Some, you know, some people say he was communicating and. I mean, I just think it was, he was touching him. There was an intimate moment here. He understands he's, he's going, he's got a difficulty here. It's, it, it, you don't have to tell. I got it. Here's, here's the it's problem. It's almost to me, it's like Jesus just shows different ways to go about these things. Because obviously he can speak things. And he cast the demon out of the woman's yep. daughter and she was some other place. Well, right. And he was like, but he Somehow could. he worked in the effect yeah. But you know, he called himself the great physician. And it's almost well, like to me, like sometimes he shows like, I'm going to physically show you how to do it. I could do it this way. I could do it well, that like way. Well, like he touched the leper, it makes sense. Because right. you're like, the guy well, that hadn't was unclean. But, and, you know, and yeah, he hadn't been touched. But even, you got to remember, I think all these people with these kinds of conditions, and even even in our world today, they're looked over. Or if you see somebody on, you know, homeless on the street yeah. who's talking, then you know they're deaf or... You're just your your nature Awkward. is like get away here. You know, yeah. I don't want to deal with this. I, I don't even want to see it. I don't want to think about it. I, and that's just how human nature, unfortunately, is. And then all of a sudden, I mean, hold your bottle of water and watch this. He spit and touched the man's tongue. Now, let's let's get through that because. <laughs> <laughs> Most people in our culture now immediately is like, oh, what? But you know what I found fascinating? You know, I looked up the medicinal purposes of spit. It's Would you believe that even in our culture? Oh, yeah. All, I read, I spent a lot of time that I'll never get back <laughs> reading. I, I did a much shallower dive, but I know where you're look, going. Look, you know what? They, they really support the... It's, it's, of course, here's what I found funny. You want to hear something funny? Most of these doctors and things I read, do you know where they attribute the idea of, of why spit has medicinal purposes? Where the origin of that was? 
I thought, boy, I'm fixed to see some well, scripture well, here. I, I don't think it would be this text, but impossible. <laughs> it was not this text. It was says most most people agree that this came from noticing dogs' behavior. They said canine behavior, but dogs yep. watching them lick themselves after an injury. Uh-huh. Really. <laughs> <laughs> That's as deep as we're going with that. I saw a dog do that. <laughs> I thought, man, think, there's a Bob? good idea. I think I need to write. What are they medical? Uh, you know, I, we need to put that in a journal. <laughs> that actually, there may be something in saliva. <laughs> that's a curing agent. Dogs think it is. Oh, it is. Well, where'd he get that idea? Yeah. Well, for somebody who believes in the Creator and not necessarily trying to figure out the creation. Without a creator, well, of course, yeah, of course it is. So the insi- your inside of your mouth is the fastest healing place on your body. Inside, you cut your tongue or get a. It's the fastest healing. And Jason, you know more than anybody with all of Mia stuff. Th- yeah. It's amazing how quickly and saliva is part of that. And you know how if you hit your finger, what's the first thing you do instinctively? You you, you put it in your mouth. When I'm injured, yeah. when I'm injured, and I look down. Uh, for this little short period, I don't have any injuries on my, but I have a lot of thorn sticks. Yeah, I have a couple. Yeah, you, can use, you can use mine. Oh, yeah. You see but this ailment. Do you want to lick this injury? I have two dogs. <laughs> I'll let you. Lick. I have two dogs that they investigate my arms. And they'll lick it, right? And and the first thing they do is start licking it. Man's best friend. Most people say, well, you don't want to, you don't want to do that. That's, they spread germs. I said, they think it's helping. <laughs> and I've noticed after they try to lick my wounds, I noticed that they don't get infected as much either. Right. So Isn't that yeah. a saying, Jason? Just lick, train lick your, your dog to lick your lick your your, your ailments and you're gonna be all right. That's a saying. Like when something happens to you, I'm, that he's licking his wounds. Licking his oh, wounds. Oh, I know that that yeah. Yeah. I, I had it on the I had it. <laughs> All right, keep reading. Now, look, look Jason, if word oh. gets out that you're saying, you said that bunch of rednecks down there are saying your dog's licking your wounds. and No, I got right. this out of the medical journal. But my point is, look, people were using saliva back in the day as a healing agent. So so that was happening. So I don't think, because when you first read it in this of course, the Era spread of, of, of diseases, if they have a disease, the spread of it, you know, it cuts but, both ways. But look, we said all that. Jesus didn't have to do that. He he could, no. he healed he healed people just by saying, you're healed. And they weren't even there. Well, right. He rose people from the dead, raised people from the dead, and they he wasn't there either. You know? Right. So... Now, so why does he go through the, I mean, there's got to be something here, but I just think it's interesting. So verse 34, he said, he looked up to heaven, and I love this, with a deep sigh and said, Ephatha, which means be open. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Which, by now, the way, that's a true miracle. <laughs> that's a miracle. Had been able to hear, and he couldn't talk, and you're, now oh, he... <laughs> you're getting stealing my punchline. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, there's even though spit has some 
medicinal value. <laughs> it couldn't cure that. This is a miracle. <laughs> if a man came here and you spit on the ground and then touch a guy's tongue and put your fingers in his ears, which I can see people all across the globe are going to try this now. We're going to start a revolution. Well, I read it in the Bible. Let me try it. But you're not Jesus, right? But yeah, but I believe. So good luck. But Jesus does it. And remember, that's why I bought up 1 Corinthians 13. You're the the character of a person is what Jesus is after. And you remember the Corinthian church had missed it, and he got down, he said, look, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these are love. And then two chapters later, what does he do? He reminds the Corinthians of the gospel. They had forgotten Jesus. Yep. You forget Jesus, you lose your faith, you lose your hope, and you don't have love. And, and it the whole thing will melt down, and all of a sudden, you're just like the world that Jesus rescued you from. Right. So then in verse 35, at this moment, the, you know, his ears were open, his tongue was loose, he began to speak. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did, he did so, the more they kept talking about it. Of course they did. People were overwhelmed with amazement. Now, I love this line because it's about Jesus. I mean, somebody needs to write a song about this. Yep. He has done everything well. You know, speaking of Jesus, he has done everything well. I mean, that what a what a that's bumper the, sticker. That's a caption. It is. Yeah. He just does everything well. There's your t shirt. He yeah. does everything well. He does everything well. You know who else could you say that about an adult? There's always There's, a problem. There is something. There's always the kryptonite. So right. we can make a movie. But no <laughs> people wouldn't want to watch a movie about Jesus. Why? Because he, he does, does everything does well. Everything well. There's no conflict. There's no, There's no tension. We, we can't make a movie about this. <laughs> That's right. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. So there it is. I wrote this down. Here's an interesting story where here is a man permitted to speak, but not able. He encounters Jesus, and then he's able to speak, but not permitted. <laughs> he's told to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's funny. That's pretty good. It is. I mean, just uh, hang on, hang on. What? But he just couldn't. He just couldn't keep help it, it to yourself. But I haven't been able to speak for who or who knows how many years. People say he's disobeying Jesus. He's disobeying Jesus. But it goes back to what Jeremiah said. You know, when you're persecuted and all, and you're feeling like you don't want to speak up, you just can't help it. No. Jesus does everything so well that you literally can't help it. And that's why Jesus was okay with it, even though he said, don't do it. He was. You said, why is he okay with it? That's why he's off out in the middle of nowhere. That's why he kept doing leaving. these things. That's exactly He's right. like, they can't help it. <laughs> and he knew the word was spreading. All right, we're out of time. We're going to talk a little bit more about this one uh, in overtime. And uh, you can follow us over if you want to at blazetv.com slash unashamed. Um, you can get $10 off with the promo code Phil uh, for a limited time, save you a little money to subscribe. So we'll, uh, we'll discuss this a little bit more on the other side. Yeah, I have an interesting question hmm. in the overtime. There you go. There's our tease. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.